1: What's good? Happy Tuesday. Lucky Lefty Podcast. The Anora boys are in the building and brought hey, to you by AnoraWhiskey.com. <laughs> it's that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you're going to drink by all means, make sure that you do so. Responsibly. You got to do it responsibly. gonna so be a fun show, Left. We're going to talk a lot of Jared Parker. A lot of Jared Parker. We probably should have talked about him yesterday. But unfortunately, you know.
2: Got sidetracked.
1: Yeah, got sidetracked. Had to deal with what was put before us. But today, plenty of Jared Parker. And I would have to say, being put in the position that he was put in as the new hire to be the next offensive coordinator at Notre Dame, very pleased with his press conference, with what he said, and certain things that makes it seem like there's going to be change in the culture at Notre Dame on the offensive side of the ball in several areas. So for me, you know, that was key for me because I needed that. After the first half of the press conference, I needed Jared Parker. Jared Parker kind of broke brought everything back to say hey this is what we're here for that's right let's move forward so i think the one thing that stood out for me left is one thing that stood out and i'll get to it apple podcast spotify youtube lucky Lefty podcast cfb nation in conjunction with iris breakdown all of our great content Man, we appreciate you guys. Five stars. We appreciate it. Your comments, we appreciate it. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know. We are the home of the misguided passion that's Notre right. Dame fans. The misguided and we spin it different. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what a great line, You got a cold too, man. Uh, I think it's just the sniffles, man. I, I think they spraying something in the air. Everybody, hey.
1: yo, I sneezed so hard yesterday. I, man, you know how you sneeze and you feel it like in your back. And I'm like, yo, what the heck is going on? That's a deep one. That's man, I had a couple of them, a couple of them to the point that the missus. Just, uh, man, just left and came back with some Theraflu, like, here. <laughs> and Dude, this is, you can bank it. I get sick once a year. Yep, it's that type once, of thing. Once, once a year. Once a year, I get sick, and I usually, when I get sick, everyone around me gets sick yep. right after that. So, <laughs> that's. That's that's something else. You know what I had a chance to do before I get to Jared Parker? What? And this kind of coincides, and we're going to get to the LL question today with this. I went to the auto show. I went to the auto show. And when I go to the auto show left, I'm usually searching for my next purchase. That's the only reason I go to the auto show. Like, when, <laughs> I'm, in the, when I'm in the buying mood, yeah. I go. I think I came away more confused. I think I came way more confused because I had my eyes set on one particular vehicle. And when I went there, it's like, okay. But then I saw, yo, Audi, Audi is on something right now.
2: Oh, yeah. The Audis are hard to pass up. I love
1: it. Uh, yeah. Audi is on something right now. Ford is on something as well. Right? Because my dad- like trucks? I love trucks.
2: Is that is that the Ford you're talking about, or a different type of Ford?
1: No, uh, the Fords are impressive because I, I, I went with my dad. And my dad has basically been an expedition guy since they first came out. That's mm. like okay. the nineties, right? Like that's all he's upgraded. He switched over to a Navigator one time, mm. and then went right back. So he has a 23 expedition that he picked up which is crazy because he picked it up during the pandemic when the supply was low and they only had one new one like within 30 miles of the dealership and they had to go get it from another dealership let me tell you something I just happened to be driving his truck one day and I reach on the side to like adjust the seat and I actually did accidentally push the button next to it mm. and it started massaging my back. And I was like, Oh word. It's, it's like that. It's word.
2: Is it says, and, you might be here a while.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know, If you've never done this, that leads me to this. If you've ever wanted a particular vehicle, you knew what you wanted, you went to the dealership or you went to the auto show and they didn't have it in the color or the model or the interior that you wanted, your options are to wait, order it customized and wait, or take what they have. LL question of the day. After Jared Parker's press conference, how do you feel as a Notre Dame fan? Do you feel like, okay, cool, I know what we wanted, I'm willing to be patient and see if this plays out, or do you feel like mm, you just took what was on the uh, showroom floor? Hmm. Like how you feeling? Do you feel yeah. like you know what they really didn't have what I want, so I'm cool. We we settled, cool. Or do you feel like, man, I'm excited? That's man. Based upon he said, I think we're gonna get a custom experience, maybe a little different, but it's gonna be exactly what I think I want as a fan base, as a fan moving forward. That's the LL question of the day.
2: Yeah, that's, that's the LL
1: question one. of the day. That's a good. I, one. I thought I'd connect that because. That's how I felt, because I went looking for this particular vehicle.
2: Was Sam in the? I mean, was Jared in the short room, though? Was he in the showroom, or was he, like, on the front line of the parking lot? Hmm. Because the showroom is somebody you know about, like an Andy Ludwig. He on the showroom floor. That's not necessarily true. That's
1: not necessarily true. It depends, because they have like some basic packages on the showroom compared to
2: Jared Parker. Who
1: I'm just telling you how dealerships work. They put some demos on the floor, okay? Right, and then they'll keep. He's
2: even a okay. So we're not even speaking on the same page on him being a coach and a demo. You're calling him a demo?
1: No, you. I'm just telling you what they put on the showroom floor. I'm just asking the question. You know, it depends on the dealership. I know there are dealerships that pretty much hide the best in the back. And they'll wait for the right customer to come in. Then all of a sudden, like, oh, I got something for you in the back. Let me pull it around. Like, man, why why don't y'all have this on the floor? Right. Exactly. They don't keep the exclusives up front all the time. And, you know, Jared Parker in my opinion, won the press conference because he was himself. He didn't try to be anybody else. He didn't try to fake the funk. He didn't try to prove anything. He didn't try to add to or embellish anything. He was himself.
2: And that's what makes it important because if he's himself, it's much easier for a guy who's been around the team already to get acclimated from just different position titles. I think him having a refreshed way of doing sort of some of the similar things that we were doing last year mm-hmm. would help guys that are trying to have some consistency in their own career. And I think Jerry is going to add more to it, but emphasize greater on what we lacked last year.
1: So, LL Nation, once again, the question of the day. How are you feeling about Jared Parker after the press conference? Not how you felt at the time when he was announced. Not how you felt coming off of the Andy Lutwig debacle. How are you feeling after the press conference about your new offensive coordinator? Is he custom? That you're willing to wait on based upon you heard? Or do you feel like, it's not exactly what I wanted, but hey.
2: I mean, I feel as though I think it just it came down to what it came down to. For us, um, it's an opportunity to show how we can elevate uh, with the right things going on. Marcus Freeman having a quarterback coach is a big deal. And that combined with what's going on offensively, I think just – makes this process easier. It's just, it's not as an attractive pick considering nobody knew where he came from in that position. So.
1: You know what? I see a lot of great comments. That guy Ricky Doyle. You know, I'm not a Hellcat fan. I'm not a Hellcat fan. Why not? I don't know. It's just, they don't wow me. It's almost like watching somebody else rock it and you're like, "Yo, that looks really good on them." Mm. But I don't I don't think it's for me. So maybe that's what I mean. Look, like, yeah, I'll clarify it that way. Really that I don't dislike it or dislike them. I just think
2: it ain't you.
1: No. And I think people are confused about how you're feeling this morning, Left. I think we clearly you clearly stated that you were under the weather. <laughs>
2: so Yeah.
1: So, uh, well. Did you take anything this
2: morning? Yeah, you know, I'm on the meds, man. Yeah. It's just a runny nose, and I'm trying to, like, <laughs> bro, off the whole time.
1: That was me yesterday, bro. That was me yesterday. I had to... Go off screen a couple of times doing a recruiting show. Damn. You know, I have my liquids right next to me. It's just that time of year. It's that it's this bipolar weather. It's 51 day, 29, and snowing the next day. Well, you're out there in LA, so.
2: See, it's it's a it's a cool breeze, but it's hot outside, so it's just it's confusing. <laughs> good grief, but I'm good. <laughs> lucky lefty podcast let's get
1: to jarrett parker and left this is uh this is how he introduced himself and he talked about everything being collaborative
3: it's moving forward as a collaborative effort but it certainly falls on my name first as coach freeman said um, we see us as our structure in the shell of this thing looking very familiar to a lot of things within the organization by formation, by the way we line up, by the way we get things going in and out of the huddle. Those things will look similar, and to adjust and and grow is one of our golden standard things. And we'll do that. We'll find ways to make sure it fits what we do, but also if there's ways we can enhance what we're doing and take a step in our passing game or our run phase or how we um, operate against um, highly loaded boxes in the run game, and all those things will come up. But I think the motivation moving forward will be What can our players do best, and how do we make the ball go forward and gain yards and score points? If the answer to that question is yes with any scheme we broach, then we're going to do it. If the answer collaboratively is no or it's too much, then we'll dump it. We'll move forward, keep things simple as we can, and continue to let our guys make our plays work, which is going to be a big theme that I've shared already with the guys. We want our guys to take care of the football. We want them to have effort with physicality. They want them to play with great details and make our plays work. So sometimes we'll cut the amount of plays and more look at making our plays work against multiple fronts and coverages so our guys are confident and play fast. So that would be where I would start. Again, so appreciative to be in front of you. And with that, I'll take questions. Well, you think about that left, that
1: was part of his opening statement where he pretty much was saying everything will be a collaborative effort. This will not be fully on my shoulders. I'm going to depend on my coaches as well as we put together game plans and find multiple ways to attack defensive fronts and defensive formations through the run game and through the pass
2: game. I like the honesty that he, you know, is is showing in that he's not looking to just come in and just run everything himself. And he has some humility in the fact that he's not dying on a particular – uh, one scheme or whatever the case may be, he's trying to coach to win with what the players do best. Um, collaboratively, but I would like to see who's all involved in that. You don't have who all. You don't have an o line coach right now. So, but if, when you do get one, I'm assuming he'll be a part of it. Uh, I'm sure the quarterback coach will be a part of it. Marcus Freeman may have a hand in it, but you know, it's just a as long as he's taking command on game day, calling it and making being the one voice, I think that'll help. Still, it's kind of vague in a sense that you got quarterbacks of different styles. So you can't just be just coaching anything though. I think you still need an identity, you know, outside of just the guys liking you better and structure may be better, the pace may be a little more tight. You know, guys are more probably more cooperative. But you still need an identity. You still need to be able to make it a distinguishable characteristic that your offense has uh like a certain quality about it that makes it special. We got a lot of great players, but what's special about the offense that needs to be highlighted. So whether that like he said, be the pass game or the running game or that needs to be included, the pass game has to be highlighted next year. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's something that is on his agenda of things to be accomplished or what he or if that's what he meant by we have, you know, great players to make plays, but that needs to be a highlighted feature next year because we have the guys capable. We can't even say we have below average talent. We have the talent to to be a passing team. So that needs to be shown. However that may collaboratively be done, but at the end of the day, the axe gotta fall on somebody. Oh, that's facts. Yeah, so we facts. not just say this as much just, as you try to spread yeah, it out. Yeah, this is not this is not a community effort because your name is this is the O.C. are gonna just throw the axe and just stay at the building. It's gonna be at the office building. It's gonna be right. a person's office, and not at the go. We are gonna and throw the axe at the Google at the office. So, you know, I know you want to work with everybody, but we need a command. Uh, in there, too, because Marcus Freeman depends on that as well. You know, don't just have him out here looking around. He's trying to say, who made that call? There's 15 different people saying me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's not going to work like that.
2: (laughs) It's a setup, too, now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Lucky Lucky Podcast. Yo, we're talking new offensive coordinator Jared Parker, who did a fantastic job, we must admit. Now, we didn't even get a chance to get to his part of the press conference yesterday because we were so stuck on it was just too much. What preceded him. him. Yeah. But we're happy that it seems like, you know, the offense will be in good hands, and now we'll see and wait for the results to come on the scoreboards each and every Saturday in the fall. He also talked about, and he broke down, you asked the question and what you were saying, He talked about it a little bit, left. Like, what is that collab going to look like at Notre Dame?
3: (laughs) It was a really good focus for me at West Virginia and other places. And to be collaborative is something huge because I think, in my opinion, it does two things for your staff. Number one, it makes them matter, and there's nothing better as an assistant coach to be able to see a play work during a game that you helped implement and put in and and provides them with ownership. You know, you don't want to have a staff that just – where you take on everything and before you know it, it may create something where they don't grow. You wanna have a collaborative effort where they own it. I think doing that at West Virginia helped me to where then if the red zone had a bad day on game day, you just didn't say, well, I did you know, I did well, I just coached the wideouts or the tight ends or whatever. No, we failed. If you really own it, it's on you too. And that's how I felt. And so moving forward, I hope we have the same relationship with our staff in certain areas that they'll provide studies on in a weekly basis. We'll put a plan together. We'll trust the plan, trust our players, and attack it.
2: Now, who is he referring to? Is he referring to the scouts that we failed, the scouts failed, and they didn't No, no, he's
1: it. talking about his situation at West Virginia where, you know, he called plays only in the red zone. That was his responsibility. <laughs> and he was just I saying, even though, even though Dana Holderson was the main guy, you know, he didn't just let it fall on Dana Holison when red zone struggled. He took it personally as well because that was part of his responsibility to go ahead and, you know, create the plays for that week, or that game in the red zone. So, once again, the ax has to fall somewhere. That's all fine and dandy.
2: Yeah, somebody got to say, it's me, last name, first name, first name, last name. Like I no. decided to throw the ball and I should have ran it. It we
1: are no not. Play. We are not sitting up here during a game saying, "Man, was that a chance he play or a Dealing McCullough play?" Yeah,
2: I'm not yeah. playing that game this year.
1: Yeah, we're not, not. We're not doing have that. A lot five
2: people taking turns at the podium uh, answering the same question <laughs> post game, right? <laughs> so, what percentage
1: of that interception in the red zone goes to you, and what yeah. percentage goes yeah. to? Yeah. I'm trying not to make you laugh because I know you're feeling <laughs> well, bro.
2: <laughs> but you can tell, like, don't don't lead with that. Lead with some command. That's why, you know, lead with the command. Say, you know what, I'm going to be able to personally improve the passing game myself, and then we're going to have some help with some chancy in there to make sure he get the right routes we like. But I'm mm-hmm. calling it. Boom. No, collaborative I, like,
1: like, as far as you know, suggestions from coaches about particular plays from watching film, like
2: come on, man, you take or about
1: mini- particular routes for a certain kid to
2: get in the game and be able to make an impact. But this ain't, this ain't, this ain't. We didn't elect you or vote you in this position. You was hired. So there's a little, there's a little bit of hire for a job that you qualified to do. You, you not. You're qualified to a certain level to where you can handle a certain level of expectations. Mm. If you're leading the conference, your press conference talking about you about to take advice from every single person in the building to build a team project for a game plan, that's not what I hired an office coordinator to be doing. If you're the head coach, that's the type of speak I like to hear. Yeah, you let your coaches coach and you let them collab and let them take the lead on certain things because you're the head coach, but you're the offensive coordinator. Your job is to call the damn plays. Don't be having suggestions on your paper that, oh, these are the plays that the offensive line guy likes, and then this one deal oh, Hold on. One. You don't There's take suggestions? Here. Left? I, left take su- I take suggestions before game day. Like he'll say, okay. I'm well, he didn't play. say he was taking suggestions on game day. No, but I'm saying don't have on game day a list of the old linemen's coaches. Wait a minute, a,
1: a list of chancey <laughs> plays. A list yeah, of yeah. Don't was... play.
2: A list of Geno plays. Yeah, got, yeah. Don't be doing all you. that. Don't be doing you. all that. You better have your plays <laughs> that you thought of in the game because you know we're not about to be throwing the axe all over the place. But I take suggestions, but at the end of the day. I'm only taking so much in the game.
1: Yeah,
2: I don't, I don't want to hear, a, hey, coach, let's do this, hey, hey, let's do it. It's a, at halftime, okay, what are your thoughts? But in the game, hey, just worry about the signal, subbing the right guys in, you know, coaching your guys up, that kind of thing.
1: Look, I'm not an OC. I wouldn't know. So That's why we have it's you. okay. Okay. That's why we have you. That's why we have you. Look, I need to know about the scheduling of these collabs, like meetings yeah. during the week. What happens if you have a play that you think that works against a certain team? Cool, I like that. We ran it in practice two times. It worked against that formation. I like that. We're gonna use that this week. But you're saying like that all needs to happen during the week.
2: During the like, week. Once you get to
1: Thursday. It's like that all
2: right you, once the script the first 15 or ten plays goes up mm-hmm. suggestions is, is over. because I I should have heard all that so I can compile the right because once the the list gets set them first 10 15 plays is the plays right and then we go from there you know what I mean but because you got to because once you start because I've because knowing and being there i I hear what he's saying yeah. And, I, and it makes sense. And you do have an element where you're getting some different opinions because they've seen a guy this week or however, where he's really been good at a certain thing. What makes it hard is in the heat of the moment, just like anybody,
1: yeah.
2: you're going to want to have a suggestion because y'all been chatting in the moment. So you on the head said, hey, coach, we need to read the. I'm like, hold on. As you're looking, you know, you third down. I don't – we don't need all of that, you know. So I think it's – as long as they can communicate the right way and have some backbone because, you know, that play calling is a serious. you have some backbone with it. Yeah. There's a play you really want to put in. That's the the play.
1: And you have to be careful because, like, Notre Dame fans are loving it. Like, just looking at the chat, Notre Dame fans are like, oh, that's great. We want the coaches to be bought in and da-da-da, man, let Notre Dame start out 0-2 averaging 20 points. Yeah, half. that's what I'm saying. It's
2: an ego. I
1: can, I can already see the jokes. Like, uh-oh, that must be Chansey's plays in the first half. See? Uh-oh, he must have used this coach's plays in the second half. I can already see the jokes. I can already, already see the jokes.
2: Already. I can this already see it.
1: And I had to, you know, I'd be hyperbolic because Notre Dame's not going to average 20 points. And right. the first, look at the opponents they're facing. That's not going to happen, but –
2: yeah, this it, it, you know for the fact that we're still very talented, uh, they're going to be able to test out a lot of different ways of going about, it. especially early. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, especially early he, against that schedule, you, you might have a chance to be the OC by the end of the game. Fourth quarter might take a each coach may take a quarter. Yeah. With a TSU game, <laughs> <laughs> Marcus Freeman they may even try to call a couple plays. So you never know. Well, they'll figure out a structure by the time they get to I remember
1: back in the day, uh, I think they were playing Washington on the road and there was this kid connected to the program that was sick. This is when Charlie Weiss was there. They were playing on the road at Washington, and he allowed – I think he allowed the kid to call the first play. Mm -hmm. I think Charlie Weiss visited the kid in the hospital, and he told him, you can call the first play of the game. And the kid called a flea flicker. And Notre Dame actually completed. It was like crazy. It was. I remember. I. It was crazy. I forget which year it was, but it was like man, a fantastic story. This kid was like man, I want a flea ficker on the first, first play. play, and it worked. But that's and a great like,
2: opener, though. Great opener.
1: <laughs> it was like yo, that's bananas. Like, don't let me do. You let me call the first play. You know, I'm calling something crazy. Dude.
2: But first, okay, first
1: play against Ohio State. What you do? A
2: runner pass
1: against Ohio State. I'm definitely passing the ball. First play? First play. So who's your quarterback? What you mean?
2: Sam Hartman.
1: Oh, okay. So Sam at the
2: first play. You if it, it.
1: was the way, if it was Tyler, I'd still be calling a pass first play. I said your quarterback. I'm, I'm quarterback. letting I'm man, I'm letting I'm letting Ohio State know, like, dude. We about to man. <laughs> Y'all about to get smacked around. For real. This this ain't last year.
2: So 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 you go and totally to different game this first play. I'm deep. Deep. playing with y'all man
1: let's go that's it tobias right there in that slot yeah yeah okay let's go because i dare y'all to put eight in the box and play man to man like you did last year it's not happening i'ma tell sam as soon as you hit your back foot as soon as you hit your back foot let that let it ride let it ride And, and, and and
2: let fate handle the rest
1: that's it That's it. Man, that's all I'm saying. That's the way you have to be. Apple Man, Podcast, like? Spotify, conjunction with Irish Breakdown, Be a CFU Nation, all of our great content, five stars. We greatly appreciate you. It's the Lucky Lucky Podcast. You already know how we do it. It's the home of the misguided passion. And we will continue to spin it different. We're going to continue to spin it different. Now, Jared Parker talked about the collab, broke down the collab, but then he was asked about him, his experience, and because he brought it up talking about the collab, his experience at West Virginia with play calling. And I thought it was very interesting how he answered this left, because he started talking about his experience and how it's going to play into things. And I thought you start to see a little bit of, uh, little bits and pieces of his personality.
3: I'll paint a very honest picture and then do respect by all parties involved. That's about all I would put with it is that um, a very clear message was put across when I took the job that I would run unit meetings and do a lot of things. I was involved in every uh, facet of, uh, of building an offensive game plan, controlling the players over there in unit meetings and all those things. And that was clearly portrayed during that time. I was offered by coach Brown an opportunity to be able to call plays at different times during year one. Um, and those would be different moments of red zone and different areas. When my number was called, be prepared when it wasn't, serve the head coach, and serve our offense. That was done. Year two, at a certain time at that point, things changed um, for a multitude of reasons. When my number was called, I was prepared to call those games and called them um, in entirety. So at that point, that's when things maybe changed to a full scope of calling complete games. And again, the details of that I don't think are fair to, to to anything moving forward. But I was tremendously grateful for that opportunity. It prepared me for what this one's going to be. And um, that's that's really about all I would say to it. Thank you.
1: Man, this dude is like the most polite offensive coordinator I've ever seen like, you know, he First of all, he was like, I'm, I'm going to do this about as GC as I can. I'm not about to throw anybody from one of my previous stops under the bus. I was all about development, getting things together, getting players in and out, personnel, all of that. And when I had my opportunity to call, when I was called upon, which is kind of it's kind of a weird system. Like as
2: it's, a- it's weird because it's like if you're the guy mm-hmm. that got the job in half an interview.
1: Yeah,
2: why are they treating you like this? If you' good at calling plays, I mean, they giving you a part of the field to call a couple times. You act like you one of the players. This is that that that. Like I said, are, are we? Doing this like coaching, got to fight for their position too. Is Marcus Freeman got to see if he's the starting head coach for the first game this year? Because that's what it. It's just weird. Like I've never heard of this before. All right, Bob, you get you get Ohio State and Clemson. Hey, Gino, you get a TSU and Chansey, you get the first game. I mean, I get it that you work your way up, you know, start small, you grow. Yeah, but he's been doing it for a while.
1: Yeah, earlier I, I pardon. Look, I said Dana Holderson earlier. Neil Brown was the was the head coach of West Virginia during his time there. But right. yeah, as I'm saying, to he rent, been there for
2: so. He'd been doing college football for a minute. Yeah, and operationally, yeah, we we love that you're getting guys in and out. But we talk about winning games and calling
1: plays. Well, I can't place that on him.
2: I'm not placing if that's what that's, I'm saying. That's,
1: I place that on Neil Brown. Like that's I'm, weird. Not,
2: I'm not saying I'm not saying it's on him, but I'm saying the what why is somebody not looking at this guy earlier and saying, man, this man just needs to be the OC, boom, run it, this, that, and the third. Don't, the, the thing I at least like about Tommy is that he was like, I'm calling it. I'm calling it, I'm drawing it up, I'm running it. And and people respected that to where he's getting attention like, man, that's an offensive coordinator. This guy is just <laughs> a guy that's getting promotions. I
1: will say that's Tommy is very team. much an authoritarian the way he ran things.
2: Very much so. Offensively, Just more of a like, I am owning calling these plays because, you know, I feel like I can win. I feel like this guy, Jared, is a very much, like you said, polite team player. If Marcus Freeman said, you know what, just just coach just the 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 one receiver Tobias in this game only, he would do it. So is that's a good thing for the team, a selfless guy for the team. But is that the the staple of what it takes to call it offense for Notre Dame to be a top five scoring offense to be, you know, a, a championship offense. How, is this style, you know, workable? I, uh, you know, the the even even at Bama, Bill O'Brien didn't have that much collab. Wasn't that you know polite? And They were able to do some things, and Todd Monkey called I'm pretty sure he had a bunch of help, but it was Todd Monkey running it, you know. So maybe this new style of calling plays would be better. I don't know. I'm just, you know, it's a little more questioned.
1: Well, he also talked about the collab and the connection with the coaches and is he going to be a micro or manager? I think the way he, he kind of explained it, this is one of his key points where I said, you know what? I actually like that. This is Jared Parker talking about his coaches
3: my mind, how I've already thought about it will be like anything that is uh, technician-based, we're going to have a pro that's going to do that part. My part will be to make sure we have unit meetings, um, to watch past phases of our offense and different things, to make sure we're seeing the whole scope together through the same lens, and more importantly, let those guys feel my confidence in what we want to call because they also love it. So I think just tying it all together as a group so we're speaking the same language. Um, in the future when we're able to announce officially our quarterback's coach, I don't want to be able to walk in and say something different than what he's saying. If we're not on the same page sp- speaking the same language and we have an issue, and that, won't be, that will not be something we'll want to do. So just being able to speak the same language, how do you do that? you got to be able to communicate in the same room a lot of times. So we'll find ways to cheat that time together if that makes sense.
2: So this is a dude in the group project that just want to make sure everybody do something. But the, at the same time, when you present in the project, who's going up there and speaking for the player point? He want everybody to get their slides in. But when you present something, it goes back to needing an identity handling delicate situations like the quarterback position who is the quarterback answering to in the game in practice if something happens, who is he answering to because if it's a collab thing maybe one of the chances plays the quarterback doesn't quite understand this is the it's just interesting because who somebody's got to be the head now all right you know in any business you got the head. Who's the head over there? Because he just seems like a spokesperson for the offense at this point. All this collabing and asking what's your favorite plays. And I'm just here to make sure we all cope aesthetic and, you know, I'm not stepping on toes. I'm going to work my way up. That's great. But somebody got to be the head over there. And it's just, I get it. You know, unit meetings is important position meetings and all that is important. But in the game, when it's time to call them plays, who can the quarterback get on that phone and talk to? Is he getting on the phone and talking to the six different guys each time? Is he just talking to Gino? Is he just talking to – who is he talking to? Because that can be confusing for a player. Because all it takes is a loss, a couple losses. That that big old collab thing's gonna get real small. <laughs> yeah, everybody call everything. Yeah, yeah, you start losing, losing Stanford or something. It's gonna be like I don't know about them calls. Lose to a, uh, one of these games that we should be losing. It's going cause it's, it's gonna come to a cheerio size if we mess around and have a, another record like last year. So that's why it has to be who's the leader at least. So I know that the quarterback is responsible to this guy because he's one and the same. It's just hard to think that you're on the same page with everybody going into a football game.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, I look, I totally get what you're saying. Like everything seems very much in sync. It's the same message, but at the end of the day, You're the OC. And at some point, you're going to have to take control of the team from that side of the ball. At some point, it's not going to be collaborative. It's going to be like, yo, I got this. This is what we're doing.
2: Yeah, I mean, and I appreciate that he wants everybody to work together because that's exactly the opposite of what we had. Mm -hmm. So that is a positive there. I just want to see what it looks like, you know. Because that's what it matters when the bullets start flying. There are good aspects of having some authoritarian responsibility and ownership to it that you can you can be it's fixable. But when it's so wide open and collaborative, it's like, how do you fix something that many hands are in, you know?
1: I mean, that's something that you experienced. I know in conversations we would have, like, no, who do I go to? Right? Because you had Brock. Who really wasn't a quarterback coach, right? Yes, yeah, he so yeah,
2: he's not. He's not a quarterback coach. So his way of thinking about it, and why he called the play and what he's looking for, it may just be different than how the play can best be ran. You know, because he's looking and thinking about his receivers. Or so it's like I can't just be like, well, how does that footwork? or tie up with what you're saying, or what 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 am I supposed to look at to get to where you're trying to go to? Mm-hmm. And then you would talk to, like, Sanford, and he just kind of like, you know, like, uh, yeah, just whatever he says. Or, like, you know what I mean? it just be too – or he'd be like, why are we calling – you know, it'd be some stuff like that. Not that it's intentional, but that happens yeah. when you got all type of guys. Like, think about it. We was getting false starts coming out of timeouts.
1: That's a fact. That's a fact. And consistently, consistently. Consistently back then. How you get a,
2: consistently a back then. That,
1: that was something that was head-scratching during Brian Kelly's era. Like, how do you come out of a timeout and get a delayed game? Like, how? <laughs> how? How is it third down, y'all run, hurry up, and y'all and waste the whole and, clock? And what you're saying is because everything was collaborative. There was a lot of different voices happening on Saturdays. See? Yeah. see this is why. See, this, let me just point this out, right? This is why you have these conversations, because why everybody, some people in the chat are like, man, you're looking too much into it. This is a dude that's been at Notre Dame and knows what that collaborative word has been thrown around, how it was used, and how it ended up leaking into a Saturday and leading to bad things happening on the field.
2: Because think about it. We had Mike Denbrock, Mike LaFleur, or Matt LaFleur, who is the head coach of the Packers that's a play caller. Mm -hmm. Denbrock's a play caller. Mike Sanford's your quarterback coach and your play caller. And then you got good old Brian Kelly that's going to call plays and you better run it. When he gets ready to play. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: So there you go. I mean, all four are play callers that are capable. Yeah. So yeah. what do you mean is 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 it's a hard thing to do
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I mean that's a good point that's a good point to bring up that time period because you're right there's one thing which goes back to what you said originally you can be collaborative but it has to have an exp- expiration date on it it had that collab has to expire by time you set the script and once the script is done, it's on you. As the you play like called on that Saturday,
2: with the title, run the
1: right. Talk about right. that
2: half, and talk about it at the
1: end. Right, right, right. All right. I think people thought you were hating, and it. it was like, no, like I'm talk. I'm talking from experience at Notre Dame as a player on what it was like as a quarterback to deal with the collab thing that was happening under Brian Kelly.
2: Because think about it, like, Sean McVay wouldn't go up to a press conference and talk about, yeah, I'm about to ask my tight end coach. I'm about to ask my OC yeah. uh, assistant guy. I'm about to ask the guys that are breaking down the film to do. Sean McVay will go up there and be like, this is how I run my stuff. You know, we, we work with the quarterback doing this. It yeah. just sounds a little more concise yeah, instead of more wide open. I'm not saying that that. That's what I said. His style may be, like Marcus Freeman said, it may not be the offense that I want to run. Right. But it may be the best to help our guys win. So I'm going to say what Marcus Freeman said.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Lucky Lucky Podcast, man. That is the introduction of Jared Parker and who he is and how he's going to relate to his coaches and what he expects of his coaches in a little bit we're going to go to the other side of the ball how does he relate to his quarterbacks what's his relationship like with sam hartman and what's the offense ultimately going to look like he had a lot to say about that left and we'll get to it as we transition lucky lefty podcast home of the misguided passion you already know we spin it different (laughs)